0: When you find yourself belittling your goals or thinking this, this, and this about them, it's just because you're not seeing the progress. Ooh, ooh, say that again. When you belittle your goals, a lot of times it's because you're not seeing the progress. And that's why it's so important. So not only to just put in appointments in your schedule to work towards these goals, but as you do things, you know, write what you've done. Yes. So at the end of the week, at the end of the month, and you're like, I'm not getting there. You're like, ooh, but I did this, this, and this. Ooh, I'm awesome.
1: Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the fantastic Deborah Eckerling. Deborah Eckerling is the award-winning author of Your Goal Guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals. A project catalyst, communication specialist, and speaker, Deborah helps individuals and businesses figure out what they want and how to get it through one-on-one coaching, workshops, and online support. In her consulting, as well as in Your Goal Guide, Deborah takes people through the Deb Method, which is her system for goal-setting simplified. Deb is also the founder of the Write-On online community, for writers, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Deborah, my dear, what do small business owners need to focus on this week?
0: The one thing, and this is for a small business owner, an entrepreneur, basically anybody and everybody needs to focus on what kind of win that they want to have by the end of the year. Ooh.
1: You know, that is freaking wild because we're sitting here in August of 2021. And I'm still laughing about the fact that at the beginning of quarantine in March of 2020, I made a video that said, guys, we might be locked down for like four whole weeks. We really got to get clever on this. Right. And then once we got over the four week idea, we had this idea of like, well, once we get to January 1st, 2021, everything in our lives are just going to magically click into pace and we're going to have this whole new fresh start and all of these things. And a lot of us are still either socially, occupationally, both physically, mentally, in terms of any form of wellness. We're still kind of reeling from this very weird 18 months. But the fact remains, we have several solid good months left to make something happen so 2021 doesn't get lumped in with 2020 as the year of proper garbage i totally completely agree how do we really buckle down or or refocus or revitalize ourselves to make some stuff happen
0: well first of all i have to reply to your reply because i so, so my book came out in january 2020 And the whole purpose of my book is to help people face change, to embrace change by choice or circumstance. Six weeks later, we all face circumstance. It's like you knew. Honest to goodness. You know, when I think about all the things that had to happen for my book to come out in that timing, it's just, it's beyond ridiculous. But basically I spent last year being like, it's okay. You can reset your goals it's good time to sit back and think, and I'll get into this a little bit more in a minute, but last year, people really weren't ready for it. Oh, hell it, no. right. So maybe like towards the fall, people were, I was getting like, uh, inquiries about coaching again, basically the first six months people were like, It's fine. I'll take the downtime or whatever. I'll ride this out. And then by the end of the year, people are ramping up. And then it's the end of the year, the beginning of the year. And then it's February, March again, right? And one thing I did last year is I started the new year in December.
1: December,
0: And now it's a thing.
1: One of my very, very favorite things about Deb. And the reason I reached out to Deb in the first place is I am obsessed with the fact that our beloved Deborah here names everything after herself, which I consider to be the most gorgeous form of self love I've ever seen. So, yes, tell us more about December. Merry early December.
0: Merry early December to you. Uh, but the whole point of the first the first annual December was last year because people could not get rid of 2020 soon enough. No. But the bonus of getting the extra month to 2021, because we all thought it would be better, and it is, yeah, it it's is. not perfect. It's on, we're on the upswing. Yes, here's hoping. Yes, we're on the upswing. <laughs> so this is what happened. So by February, March, people are like, okay, good. I'm good. I need to refocus our lights. But it's in the public, out of the public, remote, non-report. If you haven't figured it out by now, remote is not going away. Even when we're allowed to recommingle, right? is that the right word? Yeah. People have learned to remote work and it's much more efficient. It it saves you time, energy. Back in the old world, I would say a good networking goal was to go to one event a week, right? Now it's like <laughs> two a day. But even if you're just doing two or three events a week an event could be a meetup it could be a coffee it could be a hangout it could be a whatever but you don't have to drive places you don't have to pay for parking you do need to get camera ready I've never been more camera ready on the regular in my life than I've been the last (laughs) 16 months which is extremely funny because um, I've also grown up my hair so anybody who sees the picture on my book sees short hair Deb. yeah anybody who sees me now sees Long haired up, which is totally fine. I'm like, I'm a Leo. I'm like embracing my mane, and I'm totally off the topic. The point is, some people had a really, really good 2020, 2021. Yeah. Some people had a really, really bad 2021. 2020, 2021. How many? <laughs> some people had a really good the last 18 months. Some people had a really bad the last 18 months. Yeah. Most people spent it we're like more in an even keel. Yeah, they have spent yeah. the last year trying to figure out what's next. And what I'm saying, and answer to your question is, it's the perfect opportunity because we're still in pseudo lockdown. Mm-hmm. We're still doing a lot of remote work. And again, that's not going to change. I personally can't see myself going to an event for at least another year, maybe, which is fine because I do <laughs> most of my work yeah online anyway I mean I I'm a consultant I'm a coach I am a speaker it can all be done from this lovely (laughs) Yes,
1: it certainly can and you only have to get camera ready from the waist up this is also true Mm -hmm. which people can't see us but I am camera ready from the waist up proud of you way to rock it I'm actually wearing a skirt right now, which is sort of a miracle. But, you know, we've we've found ways to adapt. We've found ways to take virtual events that were previously stuffy and infuse them with more connection. We found ways to replace the coffee date with a coffee chat online and have it be a meaningful way to meet people. We have found ways to add enhancements for introverts and other people that couldn't necessarily fly across the country for a conference. Now they can take the conference in the living room while they breastfeed their 97 children, right? Like we have found ways to adapt. And I think a lot of those ways, to your point, are very much here to stay. But that required a lot of flexibility on our part, you know? And I think one thing that I see about finishing 2021 strong or starting 2022 strong or whatever that is, is I don't personally want to return to my previous rigidity just because I can do something the way I used to do it. I don't want to necessarily run back there because I do believe that there are parts of my business that are better because of what we've collectively gone through. Do you agree?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I've met more people in the last year online than I ever could just doing events in LA. So my book came out in January, 2020. So I did like a mini LA book tour. I spoke at a writer's conference, did things like that. And then within a week of lockdown, I started getting emails from people who like, like a chamber of commerce that I do every January, Hey Deb, will you please speak to our people? So it really was seamless for me to transition. And again, I'm the cheerleader. I spent last year telling people, it's okay. It's the perfect opportunity. And the message of The Dev Method and of my book and of my life is if you take the time and energy as a gift to yourself to figure out what you want, then that is the foundation you need in order to get it. Oh, you're right. It's a gift.
1: It's a gift. That that self-awareness is not a light bulb that just goes off. It has to be earned. And it has to be earned with focus and determination. Why do you think what it is that we want gets so clouded? I know that there's a million reasons, but like what covers our eyes when it comes to what we genuinely
0: want? What covers our eyes, what confuses people, the biggest challenge people have is they just they don't take the time or they got a degree in this. So they figured that's their life or their family is a family of a certain profession. So yeah. it was always assumed. So people, they start on a path and they say, oh, it's easier. I'll just keep going. Well everybody's paths got all the roadblocks. Yeah. Which is really funny because you know my book is road trip themed. We all got all the roadblocks, but they're not roadblocks. They're opportunities. And yes. again, I do not want to belittle all the bad things that happened over the last year and a half because I can't, I won't. But for those who've managed to stay safe or rebuilt or have had this this light bulb to say, oh, you mean I don't have to do that thing I went to school with that I never loved? Mm-hmm. Or oh, this job is interesting and it didn't exist back when I started my career. We have everything at our fingertips. And again the timing of my book coming out is ridiculous because that was my thing i was tired of seeing people being miserable in jobs commuting long hours taking the time because it was what they've always done well we yeah. could no longer do what we've always done
1: great 100% like the status quo is becoming less relevant in a lot of ways and i love i happen to love that because i am uh Kind of obnoxious in how I will follow a rule if I make the rule or if someone I love makes the rule, but if you try to impose a rule on me, suddenly I'm like anti-authority. I don't know where it comes from. I'm like, well, wait, why do I have to do it that way? You don't, right? I mean, I'm a strategist, and I'm constantly telling my clients this is the way I would recommend doing it. Feel free to push back on it, but if you're gonna push back on it, come with an like come with an alternative, so that I can at least see if that alternative has legs, right? But I think for me, so often, I think you're totally right. I was on this like treadmill that was not even a treadmill, one of those airport walkways where like you can only go in the one direction and then suddenly something changes, a roadblock changes and it's like the end of that walkway where it's like, caution, the walkway is ending and you're like, well, what the crap do I do now? Okay, the walkway is ending. Where do I go? And I love that you said they're not roadblocks, they're opportunities because that's one of the main things I teach about objections in selling is that people get an objection and they think it's a dead end. They think it's a roadblock. They think it's a future. No, it's not. It's an opportunity to dig deeper, to serve the client on a different level, to solve a different problem. And the exact same thing happens about these roadmaps or these roadblocks in our own road maps. Is, okay, how am I going to do this? Am I going to reroute? Am I going to sit here and stew? Am I going to sit here with purpose and see what happens, right? Because we don't always have to charge on. Like you said, it's really giving yourself the gift of time. It, it is.
0: And so that is what the D is in the dev method. But, but I'll do all the letters. So okay. dev method, dev, go. Determine your mission. Explore your options. Brainstorm your path. That mission part. That is the key to success because you can't get what you want unless you know what you want. So I'm basically, my soapbox is figure out what you want. And again, it's relevant for businesses. It's relevant for individuals, entrepreneurs. Another thing that I say is, you know, you may have the day job, Mm -hmm. but you can also have the side hustle that you love. Maybe Your day job is okay, or it's even good. It does not inspire you, but it's fine. Yeah. Do something on the side and get all jazzed about that. And then that energy will take into your day job, whatever that is, and will allow it to explode. Find where you get your energy. And it doesn't mean you have to do a whole life shift. Maybe you can. I'm not telling you not to, but when you start with that, the D, the determine your mission. And it, so there are, there are three phases and five steps in each phase. So the real quick of the D is visualize. Mm.
1: When you think about
0: the life you want, what does that look like? Yes. And in relation to what you asked me, what kind of wind do you want at the end of the year? What is going to be, and whether you end the year on November 30th, like me, or December <laughs> 30, December 31st, like most people, <laughs> What is it, or both? What's a win for you at the end of November? What is the win for you at the end of December? What will we really want to go? What position do you want to be in at the end of 2022? So start by thinking of your future, knowing that it is completely fluid. But mm-hmm. when you think about the life you want, what does that look like? What does successful business mean to you at any and all? Of the, and you can even just think. Ultimately, this is what's what I want. So you start with that visualization, and then come up with some sort of representation of it. Whether it's a picture of you on the Forbes list that you put on your desk, or your book, the number one bestseller, or your product in all the major online retailers, and you just do a a photoshopy thing with it, whatever. Or work-life balance. What does the happy family life look like mm-hmm. for you? And yes, usually you want, I talk about four goal paths. So it's the start or build a business, new job or career, become a known expert in work-life balance. And usually it's more than one of those. I mean, mm-hmm. we all want the balance, especially since everything's kind of like merged together right now. Yeah. But what does that perfect life look like? For you. So it starts with visualization. I know I said I'd go through it quickly. <laughs> I like. You don't need to go quickly. We got time. So you start with the visualization, then you write your current bio. And again, if it's for your business, what is the state of your business right now? And then your future bio. What do you want that bio to say the end of the year, the end of next year, in five years? And the, the trick with the future bio is you want to write it in the first person. Mm-hmm. Uh In the present tense. Yep. Because that, I'm sorry, you want to write it. The thing with your future bio is you want to write it in the third person in the present tense. It gives it power. Yes. Writing anything down gives it power, which is why I, a lot of my techniques and exercises have to do with writing because you can't figure things out in your head. And so you've got. Your visualization, your current bio, your future bio, then comes your mission statement. And this is the fuel for anything. It's what is it that you love to do? What's unique about you? And and how is it going to impact the world? So my mission statement is to help as many people in business as possible figure out what they want so they can make a plan to get it using my background experience and systems. So they can live the life that they want and make other people's lives better. So it's really super long. But it's got a
1: ripple effect to it. It goes beyond you. It's a mission for you and it's personal to you, but it also doesn't stop with you.
0: Exactly. The, the key to the mission is what does what you do and your uniqueness to it, what does that do and, and how does it help others? And it can be to inform to entertain better, I guess, when you do both, but it could be a product, it could be a service, it could be a whatever, but you need to have someone, something, people's in mind beyond yourself. Now, now for me, my, my goal goal is to be the first person people think of when they hear the word goal, Mm -hmm. because that's, there's so much power in what I teach, which is, it starts with you giving yourself the gift of, figuring out what that is, and I'm going to get on all of my soapboxes because most, most goal people are all about, and you know, I'm very, very picky when it, I I wish everybody all the success in the world. Most goal people tell you how to achieve the goals, and a lot of people use smart goals, and as is their prerogative, but they're tools, I teach what I created because it works. I do dev. I, I shout from the rooftops. Okay. Maybe not the rooftops, the zoom tops (laughs) because it works. So you, you've got determine your mission. So you've got your big mission statement that you put into a motto because then it's something fun and crafty that you can use as the compass for which you do everything else. So my motto is goal setting simplified because everything I create mm-hmm. whether I'm talking being interviewed or in my book or in my workshops or in my coaching it's all about making it simple because changing your life is challenging enough the instruction should be simple so I
1: made them simple oh, hallelujah to that oh my goodness we have enough stuff hurled at us how lovely how beautiful What a precious gift is simplicity. My goodness. But you're right. If we have that mission, we can galvanize around it. One of my dear friends, Lowry Olofsson, has this incredible company called Power Songs where He takes people's mottos and turns them into personal anthems for people, which is so cool. I have one. I sing it in the shower to get myself going. But that's the thing is it's that beacon for me. It's like everything is leading in this direction. Am I aligned with my mission or not? Am I constantly progressing or not? Or if I'm not, am I stopping with intention? Am I stopping deliberately to honor my need for space or deeper thought. And I think that that's so freaking key because otherwise we're all
0: just kind of wandering blind. And you brought out such an important point. So yes, your motto is your compass. And it could be a slogan, it could be a theme song, it could be a whatever. Whatever really gets you going and keeps you focused and moving forward. And that way, as opportunities present themselves to you, you look through it through the lens of your motto does this align with my beliefs? Yes. Great. No. Then if it's a no decision tree, does it fulfill me in another way? Yes. Okay, great. Do it anyway. And the other thing that, that I talk a lot about is the balance, you need the personal and the professional goals. So where a lot of these goal people say, okay, this is how you make it happen. I tell you how to make it happen too. But I also say that you've got a much better chance of success when you start with that foundation. So we have the determine your mission and then explore your options is all about figuring out how that will manifest itself. You know, in what way do you want to do this? So I'm job goal girl here, what does that mean? You know, write a book, check, do online workshops, check, work with companies, check. So all the different things, or if it's you're looking to, to build your business, what does that mean to you? Do you need to start a podcast or a blog? Or do you need to create a new product? Or do you need to create a new service? So all of that exploration phase is, Explore your options. So it's exploration, discovery, um, giving yourself again the time to figure out how you're going to move forward. Once you figure out that destination, then it's brainstorm your path. And that's all about throwing all of your goals on the table, long term, short term benchmarks, tasks, divide them into personal and professional, and then categorize it. So divide and conquer, make a plan, and do it. I freaking
1: adore that. And it's so clear. It's so fabulous. It's named after you. So of course, it's fabulous, darling. But my I know that there have been points and and I love that you brought up very quickly that like you feel about the majority of goal people, how I feel about the majority of salespeople, which is sort of one of the things we bonded over. But I know in the past as a self-protection thing or as a mindset thing, I almost talk myself out of my goals by belittling them. So I either go, that's too big, that's too grand, or I go, that's a stupid goal. Nobody cares about that. That's not going to help anybody or any other thing. Like, what do you say to people who have a tendency to really shoot their goals in the foot by assuming that they're too big, too small, not specific enough, not good enough, when really it is clear. How do we, what do you say to people that beat up on their own goals?
0: Well, first I say, stop it. Well, yeah. And then I say, no, really, stop it. <laughs> because it goes back to the, when you know the life you want, everything builds from there. Mm-hmm. And when, and some, some goals are not yet, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll be like, going along, making progress, and then you'll have outside circumstances that derail you and you have to take some time off from the side things because the the way I talk about goals a lot, it's like for building your business, building or changing your career, figuring out what you need to do to get yourself out there um, or having that work like balance. And sometimes things will happen and it's okay if it happens sometimes. But when it happens all the time, then you have to, you know, okay, let's go back to square one. Now, what do I want? What does that look like? What's success for me? And then one of the other things that I'm absolutely huge on is setting yourself up for success. Mm -hmm. Little bits of time add up. Bigger bits of time are better. But if all you have is 15 minutes a couple times a week to work towards your goals, great. So, oh, and now I have the answer to your question because the tangent took me there. When you find yourself belittling your goals or thinking this, this, and this about them, it's just because you're not seeing the progress. Ooh, ooh, say that again. When you belittle your goals, a lot of times it's because you're not seeing the progress. And that's why... It's so important. So not only to just put in appointments in your schedule to work towards these goals, but as you do things, you know, write what you've done. So at the end of the week or the end of the month, when you're like, I am not getting anywhere, you can look at your calendar. I have one client who (laughs) I I make him. I have one client who keeps a win list. And this is something I also do. Every day I'll write one to three things that I accomplished. And I do it also for tracking the progress of my gazillion things I'm always doing to move forward and spread my message about, you know, choose yourself. You set yourself up for success. You, you get to have the life you want, but even if you only do it a few days a week, say, Oh, this, these three wins. Awesome. Okay. I only had one win. So it's like my take on a gratitude journal, write down the things. So at the end of the week, at the end of the month, and you're like, I'm not getting there. You're like, Ooh, But I did this, this, this. Ooh, I'm awesome. You know, gold star me. Yes.
1: I love that because incremental progress is hard to see. Like you were talking about how your hair is much longer than people are used to seeing. As of Tuesday, I finally got about four inches of my hair chopped off. It's still to my shoulders. I'm a pixie cut girl. But it's like I blinked and my hair was long overnight. How? Because incremental progress is hard to chart. And that's just hair. I have no emotion about my hair. If my hair gets long, if my hair gets short, who cares? It's hair. But when something is so precious to us as a goal in line with our mission, our view of success, how we want our lives to be, how we want to impact other people. Hey, I overcame my fear of Facebook Live again today. Doesn't feel very substantial as a standalone. But when you look back and you're like, damn, I went from making no videos to making five videos to making 10 videos to making 20 videos. Now we're really getting somewhere, right? Or, oh, it's only one more client. I say this to my clients all the time. When we have uh, sales calls, we always start with celebrations because I want to get them in that vein. But also I want them to acknowledge what they do. And it's so funny how they'll be like, well, you know, I had a good lunch with my sister yesterday. And then I got a new client. And then I went grocery shopping. And I'm like, whoa back up what was that middle thing you said I got a new client in there and they're like yeah you know it's this and that and I'm like don't belittle it two months ago when you first came to me you had no clients now you're listing getting a new client like you're going to lunch with your sister which is great that's fine but we got to stop and acknowledge where we've been so that we can honor that progress, I absolutely love that. I love that so much because so often it's so easy to see our failings and so hard to see our accomplishments, especially when our accomplishments are micro accomplishments that we're building brick by brick. A hundred billion percent agree.
0: Hundred billion percent. And you know, I have toot your horn Thursday in one of my Facebook groups freaking, for this exact reason. Freaking love
1: that i mean why for people who are so freaking driven and so in line with their mission why do you think it's easy to just gloss over our wins
0: i don't think we do oh good argue with me go when you see the and and like i said i i keep the list too i mean and when i met you it it was an amazing win. And, and I love the story that I meant to comment on this before when you were talking about how we connected or when you were talking about online events, we were at the same online event, but we did not meet, but you went through the chat and said, this is my people. Yep. Let's be friends. Yep. yep. And, but when you're in the zone, when you know what you love, what you know, what you're working towards, when you're putting that vibe out there you're going to attract the right people. Yes. You want to do it. That's the other thing. The other thing. There are like a gazillion other things. (laughs) When you love what you do, it shows. Yeah. That's the other reason why it's so important to look at your life. What is the life you want? What do you want to create? Because that energy, that enthusiasm, it's going to show the same way that when you don't love what you're doing, it also shows. You want to elevate yourself, put you around, put yourself around the right energy and the right people and build something. And again, yes, yes. celebrate everything. You always want smart people in your life, obviously, because that's the thing. And and this is a huge thing that I know it's people have always done this, but I go to so many, and I'm very picky about the meetups I go to. I go to plenty. I get I'm always proud of myself when I say, okay, I guess I don't need that one this week. I, I should do some work. <laughs> I like meeting a lot of people because what I do is so different from everybody else or there are coaches out there um who don't have a book. My book is like The Coach in Your Pocket, where it's 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 basically me talking to you and saying and going through dev. Very, very easy to read, very simple exercises, but the more people I know, the more people I know. Oh, I'm a success coach. I'm a high performance coach. I'm a this coach. Great. Do you have a resource to help the people come to you who don't know where to start? Send them my book, send them to me. Or I'm also working on some other things are in alignment. So I'm on this big uh, corporate wellness kick, right? Because as people are going back to work and we're probably going to be remote a little while longer, which is fine as long as everybody stays safe. But one of my things is for companies, whether you're bringing your employees back to the office for more consistent working, whatever that is, you need some sort of connection with your employees. So I consult with companies that want a corporate wellness program that want to know what their employees want. Yes. So they can set their employees up to success. And some employees are gonna just want the work-life balance. Other employees may have picked up a skill or two over the last 18 months, and they yeah. can be on a different track that they were. Or maybe they just want growth. Just they want growth. They want responsibility. But because you're not in the office day to day with your employees, you don't know. So one thing I do is I go into companies and I work as like the go-between, the employee whisperer, to help bridge the gap. Small business owners, if you're listening, we know you love your company. You want happy employees so they will grow your company. Yes, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. You cannot take it all on yourself and you also cannot treat the people under
0: you like crap. You just can't. Well, It's what I was saying before. And I, I guess I realized I was saying it when I was saying it, maybe you really like your job, Mm -hmm. but maybe there's something else that you love when you encourage your employees to have a hobbies that fulfill them, to do the things that bring them joy. They're going to bring that into the company.
1: Yes. Now I love that we went on this, like beautiful thing about specifically about going back into offices, because I'm going to try to make this transition work. Get ready. In 1997, a novel concept was born that made everyone go,
0: what?
1: And I'm talking, of course, about co-ed bathrooms. Deb, what does any of this goal, mission, motto, passion, enthusiasm, pushing through, finishing strong. What does any of this have to do with the Callista Flockhart triumph known
0: as Allie McBeal? Well, it has everything to do with Allie McBeal. <laughs> but even more specifically, remember before when I was talking about the mottos? Yes. Your motto could be a theme song. And I actually mention in my book when Allie McBeal's therapist says, find a theme song Yes, that will bring you energy. It will help you get through. And that's what, (laughs) I mean, where else can you watch TV and dance at the same time? I mean, come on, right? I mean,
1: that was one of the magic things of Ally McBeal is that like everybody that was a musician wound up on that show. Like Vonda Shepard, who sings the Ridiculously Fabulous theme song, which also serves as a good motto, but also about taking time to figure out what you want. Because the first line is, I've been searching my soul tonight. But like Macy Gray was, it's like such a perfect time capsule of like 1997 to 2001 in terms of music, like Macy Gray, Josh Groban, all these people, Alan Cumming, like all these people are in and out of the revolving door that is Ally McBeal when it comes to music. But then like, it's also the show that gave us the dancing Uga Chaka baby, like, the whole thing was, if you're not dancing, you're crying, right? Like, my husband's grandpa, may he rest beautifully, always used to say, if you're not laughing, you're crying. But I feel like on Ally McBeal, it's like, if you're not dancing, you're crying. And that's why they're always having dance parties in that damn bathroom. Like, everybody's always just hanging out in that bar with the pianos, with Vonda Shepard playing, or they're dancing in the bathroom. And you're right, they're, they're psyching themselves up. Because their career as high powered lawyers is really hard
0: and could easily pull them out of the life that they want, right? Well, what you do when you're in that zone, when you're celebrating, when you're having fun, when you're letting, you know, dancing it out, you're choosing yourself. You're choosing joy. Mm. You've got those wonderful endorphins. Whenever anybody asks me, you know, what's the best reset button, I say two minute dance break. Yes. Which if I am, I'd say if I'm having (laughs) if I'm having a rough day, which honestly doesn't happen very often because I'm not allowed. I'm a very big law of attraction person. It's when you need that burst of energy. Yes, I will have coffee, but I will also have a tube and a dance break. Yes. Because music makes everything better.
1: It does. It really truly does. And it also makes everything deeper. In that it involves more senses. If you're moving your body, you're getting your blood flow going. You're getting your kinesthetic senses going. Obviously, you're hearing, maybe you're singing along, right? But you're you're involved on such more of a connected level even if the song is on in the background and you don't really feel like you're paying attention that happens all the time when maybe you're having a bad day and one of your favorite song comes on and suddenly you feel better and you don't even notice and then you have your two-minute dance party and you make yourself feel even more enthused right but I love that and and also you know the idea of the theme song it's your whole book is a roadmap it's the playlist for your road Right? It's the playlist for your road trip to say, what kind of feelings do I want to elicit in this mission? What's going to provide the fuel that I need
0: for this mission? A lot of the time, it is music. It is. It's in no matter how you feel about music, you have some connection to it. Now, I did chorus all through high school. And then in college, I did, I started doing competitive public speaking. So now I can't really sing, but I love karaoke and being the background dancer and whatever because it's all that wonderful, good energy. What tangent was, uh, was I on? It goes back to claiming the life you want. Yes. It's keeping your spirit high in your energy and yes, it's okay to have a bad day. And I alluded to this before too. I allow myself two minutes when I need it. And some people say, Deb, that's not enough time. Too bad. That's all I get Mm -hmm. is two minutes or less. And that's all for like until the next day and usually I don't even need it yeah but it's recenter and then pick yourself up and go back to work and that's really you know tying back to all this this is what we've been doing the last 18 months is we've been picking ourselves up figuring out what's next and there's nothing wrong with that it's good I had a
1: lot of dance parties in the last 18 months a lot because I needed to I was like, oh, my God, I've been staring at the same wall for 18 months. I need to do something. Oh, my God, I've been doing nothing but sitting on my butt and eating chips. I need to do something. Right. But, you know, and it's also sometimes you got to listen to a freaking sad song just to get it out of your system and do like a sad dance party and just move on. And one of the things that I remember all the time, and I know that this is not your favorite season of Allie. But uh, the big introduction of one, Mr. Josh Groben, he sings this incredible song. And it's like that song will always make me cry. So sometimes instead of a two minute dance party, I need like a two minute cry. And music can do that too. We are like, oh, this song's so beautiful. I'm so emotional. Wait, it's a song, go back to work. We, I feel better now. I've released it. Right. So I use, I use Hallmark movies for that. Oh, you and my father-in-law alike. I, you two, peas in a pot on that
0: one. But absolutely, absolutely. You listen to your body. It goes back to the balance. Your body knows what's up. Yeah. And if you need to take a couple of days off, you need to not work on the weekend. I'm telling you all, it's okay. You need to stop working. It, I, I I did this last week because I, I did a a panel at lunchtime Friday and then I said, you know what? I worked really hard this weekend. This week. I'm gonna go bake something. Yes. And what, I
1: did. What? I mean that's part of the prerogative of being self-employed is like, yay,
0: I'm gonna go bake in the middle of a work day because I want to. What, because God? I want. You have control over your own life. And I compl- I have this flash because I worked in corporate for many years, which is uh, something people usually laugh when they hear, Deb, really? You? Corporate girl? Yes, I wore slacks and button-down shirts. and I was a grown-up, and I worked in financial services. So we would do two-minute dance breaks <laughs> in the office.
1: Heck, yes. It gets your blood pumping, if nothing else. It gets your blood pumping, which is good for your brain. It's good for your heart. It's a great reset and it keeps you going. And then you don't have to have all of these Allie McBeal style hallucinations because you're so stressed. You're seeing arrows flying at your brain.
0: We don't want to get to that point. Again, the point of the book to choose yourself, figure out what works for you and move forward. And you cannot listen to me. You're listening to this. You're interested. I am listening well i meant the other people too you know the oh, ones who are, are listening. also also there.
1: they yes. don't have a choice listen up
0: people you have control of your life it is up to you you just have to claim the life you want can can i tangent away uh, just a way it still has to do with music yes uh do you know the song if the world was ending jp Sachs and julia michaels no you don't
1: I will listen to it immediately after this episode, and I will link to it in the show notes so no one else makes my mistake.
0: Excellent. Well, it's JP's My Cousin, what? and it was nominated for Grammy for Song of the Year.
1: Yeah, I live under a rock, which is amazing considering I have a pop culture podcast,
0: but I will go listen to it right now. The the point of in the song was written, they, they actually, they met. And they wrote the song that day and then they, they're together now. They're like adorable, wonderful people.
1: That sounds like the romantic version of us, Deb. We met on a Thursday. (laughs) I was on your show on Monday. You're on my show on Thursday. And we're going on forward on and on. But anyway, I interrupted you. Keep talking.
0: The song has become in a way like an unofficial anthem. Of the pandemic, if the world was ending, you come over right. Oh. And it, it was inspired by an earthquake. But California. Yeah. And but they, they've done so much with this song being the theme song of the now. And the theme it's song just... of the now. So I'm just, you know, proud cousin moment, but I also have to give a snap to a snap to my cousin too. Because So when my book went out to publishers, it went on its first round and then my cousin and his mom were over and I was talking to JP about my book and he said, it's so important because everybody keeps telling, my my friends keep saying, everybody tells us to reach our goals, but no one tells us what those goals are. And Mm -hmm. no one says how to figure out what the goals are. And I said, but my book does that. He says, but do you say that? So I added that line in the book proposal to where's most goal setting experts tell you how to achieve your goals. This book starts with that first crucial step. So I figured it's the <sighs> perfect opportunity to give a hat tip to my internationally known recording artist cousin. With Heck Think. yes. Heck yes. Amazing. All
1: right. I got two more questions for you before I release you back into your beautiful mission driven sunset here. You're in the Cajun fish bathroom, the famous co-ed bathroom <laughs> with the good acoustics, and probably a couple of guests, because there's always people in the stalls. And you are singing your personal to use your phrase, "theme song of the now." What are you singing, and which alley cast member do you most want to sing with you? Well, it's got to be fonda. Oh, yeah. It's got to be Vonda. That's an easy one. It's got to be Vonda.
0: And my theme song is Sugar Settle In. Ooh, tell me why. The line is, I ain't settling for anything less than everything.
1: Oh, my goodness. I absolutely love that answer. That is perfectly done. Holy cow. I'm going to link to that show in the show notes. We're going to have a playlist. (gasps) Deb, let's make a playlist. Okay, cool. A playlist was born for this episode. It'll be in the show notes. and for all the people out there who will also only accept everything, but they need help. They need the roadmap. They need the Deb Method. They need your beautiful book. They need the Deb Show. They want to celebrate Debruary. Debruary! Oh my God, now we have two months. Deb, how do they find you? How do they contact you? How do they get in touch with you? I am so
0: findable. If you go to thedebmethod.com you will you will find my links to, to everything and more information about me. One thing that you can do, which is really the best first step is to grab a copy of your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals. I have a Facebook group for people reading the book where they can ask questions and share their experience. And so that's another really good way is to do that. And also you can find and connect with me on LinkedIn. I know I'm probably only supposed to say like, Twelve things, and I'll do twenty. Now, the other place to go is to join my Write On Facebook group, and that's where I do a post every day, which encourages goal setting, accountability, and community. So you can just share what's going on with you and make new friends and connections. So, five things: find me on LinkedIn, go to the website, grab your book, join
1: my Facebook groups. That's amazing. Accountability, community, and the best take on goal setting that I've ever freaking seen. Deb, my darling, my friend, my bathroom dancer, because you know I'd be right there with you. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's been an absolute treat.
0: Well, and thank you so much for allowing me to share all of my thoughts and goals and Allie oh, and singing.
1: And Allie. And here. And Allie. One final thing that I know is important to us uh, here at Too Legitimate to Quit and featuring our beautiful Deborah, we would like to send a note of undying love to Robert Downey Jr. for all that he has given us. We love you. You're amazing. Everybody else that isn't Robert Downey Jr., I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for the week. It will very likely include dancing. Brilliant, genius, amazing. Chantel, you officially, I want the whole internet to know, have a dope soul and hella ethics. Thank (laughs) you for being my guest today. Everybody, I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for the week. Well, hey there, listeners. Okay, so you technically don't have to dance this week, but it certainly could help. Deborah mentioned on the episode that she doesn't think we gloss over our accomplishments, and that may be true, but I know personally that I have a tendency to turn the volume way, way up on every little misstep or missed opportunity and way, way down on the day-to-day progress and little wins along the way. Now, I'm lucky that I get to celebrate at least twice a week, every single week. In that, I open all non-sleazy sales academy group calls with a round of celebrations. We ring our little matching bells and cheer each other on. We hold each other to the standard of celebrating. But on all other days other than Tuesday, it does get easy for me to just scratch things off my to-do list without so much as a smile or a deep breath in between. This week, our homework, because I definitely am doing it too, has two parts. First off, keep a ta list, a running celebration of every little thing you get done, personal, professional, physical, emotional, mental, it all Counts. At the end of the week, I want you to be able to revel in the great host of micro accomplishments at your feet. And then, homework part two celebrate the ever loving crap out of yourself. Deb loves dance parties, and there are some great songs listed in the show notes. I take epic baths. I don't care what you choose to do, as long as you do it with full focus and commitment. And no, Know damn well that the only reason you're doing this is to pat yourself on your own brilliant back. For bonus points, involve a friend, a family member, or a client. The more, the merrier. Happy celebrating. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, Annie P. Ruggles. What if you never had to sell alone again? If you always felt safe and seen and supported in selling situations because you only had to show up as your best and also most ordinary self? You can profit just by being you without one gimmick, one inch of sleaze. To find out more about our membership, visit www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y. Com. Too Legitimate to Quit is written and hosted by me, Annie Passanisi-Ruggles. Our editor and producer is Andrew Sims of Hypeable. Our incredible earworm of a theme tune was composed and performed by Riley Horbacio. Our beautiful show art is by Francois Vigneault. And my beautiful, wonderful, amazing creative director, Georgia Curran, handles my social media accounts with care. Listen, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how your homework is going, what you think of the show, or what topics you'd love to see covered here. Feel free to reach out to me on any platform with messaging. But the best for me are LinkedIn, where you'll find me under my name, Annie P. Ruggles, or on Instagram, where you'll find me at Anniepreneur. And please don't forget to send this show to people that you think would benefit or to drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts that really helps our show grow. Until next week, remember, you're too legit to quit.